welcome to episode one of the Perfect Specimen show, podcast, whatever we decide yeah. to call it. Yeah. Perfect it's Specimen. That. Yeah. Uh, I'm Derek. This is Josh. And uh, yeah. What, uh, maybe explain how this started, where, where we kind of came Perfect Specimen idea from. Yeah. Well, uh, that probably takes us back seven years or so. Uh, we're both firefighters here at a fire department in Alberta. And uh, when we met each other, you know, we, I, I got on, you'd been on for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time I was, well, I still am, um, you know, into the kind of the functional fitness space, the CrossFit space, yeah, we're big, the training big CrossFit space, heads, you know, yeah. right. And uh, it was cool to have another guy on the department that, was doing the same sort of training. And so I think naturally we gravitated towards each other. We started to, uh, to talk of, you know, fitness and, uh, kind of that related content. And, um, that I think was the origin of how we kind of started our, our, our fitness, uh, journey together, but the perfect specimen, like where that, (laughs) where that came from was through us challenging each other, uh, through fitness challenges, essentially. I think it was, we started off at the opens, I yeah. think, were the first thing, right? Yeah. So if you don't know the CrossFit Open, it's like a five-week competition, you call it, I guess. Yeah. It's just like every week they release different different workout and you just battle it out and see who's who ends up on the top of the leaderboard. And at that time, it was five weeks. Yeah. Five, yeah. Five weeks, yeah. yeah. Now it's three, I think, right? Now it's three. Yeah. 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 So I don't miss it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, the five we did it for how many years though? That was few, like a few years. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if we look, we kept track because we've done mostly the open for like competing against each other, but there was a triathlon in there as well. So we've done probably I think like three opens. Yeah. I think I maybe took one. You've taken two. Yeah, and then so, I took yeah. the triathlon, which was I think a shock to both of us. You kinda, know, it kind of catered to me because of the, <laughs> <or> the bike. <laughs> I, I I think the bike was uh, was a big game changer. Oh, you yeah. were putting some major power up yeah. down on that thing, and we were sitting in that room like I'm looking at your pace, and I'm like, "There's no way I can put that power power down." It's <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was fun. It was a good good experience. Yeah. You know, it, it was fun to train the swimming up a little bit. Swimming is one of those things where. Um, you know, it's, it comes back, but yeah. if you don't train it, 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 you can get a little panicky in the water. I find when you're, oh, yeah. when you're breathing heavy, if you don't spend a lot of time in the I, pool. I remember this was like what, before we were doing this, and I was training up to it. Um, it was at a period where like we were doing the intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. So fasting in the morning, mm-hmm. and, like doing normal cardio was fine. Doing like even a workout was fine. Mm-hmm. I tried to intermittent fast swim yeah i almost died yeah, like, yeah i was like lightheaded after a couple like lanes or whatever you call it laps Lots, yeah. and uh, i was just like i'm dying here yeah, i can't yeah. handle this and it's such, yeah. such a different stimulus that it was well people say that swimming consumes a ton of calories and i don't like remember that old video that was circulating that was talking about how much michael phelps ate in a day yeah, yeah. and they went through and it was obscene like yeah, I, it, it was thousands and th- I don't think it's close to like ten thousand calories a day when you the see. amount of eggs was like insane. It was like yeah. bodybuilder esque, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's lean. He's super lean. Yeah. He d- he's not like this big bodybuilder guy. But I think swimming is just this constant resistance. Yeah. Uh, there's something to that. Maybe it's in, maybe it's being in the water. Mm. Something related to that sport seems to burn a ton of calories and i think there's like a, a weird threshold too like i think for us it burns like an immense amount of calories because we're just mm-hmm. average right and like very inefficient you know so inefficient just plowing <laughs> through the water like i know i'm just like a snow plow in the water yeah, yeah, it's terrible yeah. but and i think at that high level like jen she used to compete at high, my wife had to used to compete at a high level and she has to go a lot further to get like the same stimulus mm-hmm. out of it, right? Like mm-hmm. she has to go for a ways, like an hour, and then, mm-hmm. then it's the same thing. Whereas I'm just like, dying after 20 <laughs> minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's that efficiency for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah they look. Uh, there was a video I saw, I think maybe like a week ago or something, and it was showing a competitive swimmer next to just an average person. It, it might have been Phelps or yeah. someone, and you look at them side by side in a pool and they look like they're different species of people yeah. with how they're moving through the water and almost with no effort like they could be just relaxed 
and they're just gliding. It's yeah, it, uh, it's just it's, effortless. It's a, it's a neat, uh, a neat yeah. sport. But I guess it's go full circle. So that was um, it was good to get trained up on the the swimming aspect of that. Um, mm. I remember my calves. Like I've mentioned to you before were blown up because I was I tried these barefoot shoes and that was kind of my first time <laughs> running <laughs> running with those yeah. and I'm like oh it'll be okay I'll yeah. take them out and my calves were wrecked so uh, advice to anyone is if you get barefoot shoes <laughs> ease into the running because yeah. you won't be able to walk don't just go into a sprint marathon or sprint triathlon no them. no no it was not good <laughs> you, were, you you were in barefoot shoes you went to New York a little while ago right and you I wore did. barefoot shoes through there I did and, and just not I had to you? buy new shoes in New York because I couldn't walk. <laughs> like, I, I sound super lame, the fact that I can't do it. But I, you know, we were walking 35 kilometers a day, or 35,000 steps a day. Sorry, not yeah. kilometers, 35,000 steps a day. And, uh, yeah, my feet were not holding up to that. And, yeah. Uh, I had to buy new and... shoes. Yeah, the bottom <laughs> of my feet were just messed up. And, you know, I kind of blame – okay, so I think it was day three – my feet were starting to get blown up yeah. and I'm feeling it really start to get painful. And we see this little massage parlor, right? And we're in Chinatown in New York city mm-hmm. and they said they're doing foot massages. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's get a foot massage like right now. So my wife and I, Chum, and we go down to this little, you know, massage parlor downstairs yeah. and we're like, Hey, you know, like you'd like to get some foot massages and we strip our bags off. And there are these two ladies that walk out and they're like, ready to work like they like i'm telling you they got some arms on them yeah i'm like this is gonna be a legit foot massage. but but my feet are like almost inflamed yeah, yeah. i can feel like that the the ligaments and the tendons are inflamed well they get going and it is painful they are just getting just in there stretching them out i think that was too much for my feet probably and it just yeah it's like i was like i was doing bjj with rob the other day and he's like yeah i just came from a massage so this probably isn't the best idea it's like yeah let me just lengthen everything totally. relax everything and then just annihilate it with a huge walk like, yeah yeah you gotta be careful that's something it was worse my feet were worse yeah. after that just yeah, for the record I can imagine. <laughs> yeah um that's so awesome. then we we sort of we had a um, eventually a trophy and I, I think you found it from somewhere and it's, yeah, it's you're online, online. <laughs> yeah. and that, that was the perfect specimen trophy and so we began yeah. to put the trophy up as you know uh, yeah. up for stakes essentially um, yeah. with our challenges yeah so and we compete for that and it was uh, yeah. it was a fun like uh, carrot on a stick right to chase yeah. and be like ooh I'm the yeah. champion you yeah. know rub it in for a while yeah. and it's we haven't done a challenge in a while, so we'll have to think of one we to do. do. Yeah, we but have to think of one. Yeah, maybe the next open or who knows. I don't really want to do the open. With yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it, it, you know I I've done it every year for a long time, yeah. and I always as I get closer to it, I start to think about reasons why not to do it. Mm. All these excuses keep coming yeah, yeah. up, and I you know I shouldn't do it because of this and that, and I'm nursing this and yeah. and. The, one of the best ways, like a, a good mentor of mine, um, uh, you know, he's the owner of, uh, of a gym here in Calgary, Brett Marshall. Um, he's, he uh, gave me some advice back in the day, and he says, the open, when you're doing the CrossFit Open, it's a measure of where you are at at that point in your life. Hmm. And so it's not necessarily, you don't need to be in peak physical form to do it. It's just capturing at this year, at this time, where were you in life in terms of your fitness journey? And if you do that enough times, you can begin to see if what you're doing is making you more fit over time, right? You have 365 days between these opens and maybe you were injured at this one. But you'll begin to see over five years, over three, you know, yeah, yeah. what are you doing? Where are you moving? If you are injured and you're injured at the next one and the next one, okay, well, that, that still is a pattern. Mm. So when you begin to kind of think about it in that regard, you kind of take stress off of yourself because all it is is a snippet into where were you. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the um, we do the constant physicals at work and that's like a metric right to base off your fitness, right? And mm-hmm. this is the same thing, right? Like it's that long-term metric of how am I, how fit am I, and like where am I at, right? And it's 
it's also kind of a, a wake up call at some points. Cause I remember like I go, I bounce around programs, as you know, like quite a bit, like I go a couple, couple months of bodybuilding, a, a month of Olympic lifting. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you You're the like, ultimate program. Like, bouncer. It but yeah, it, but yeah. it's like, it's nice. Cause it's, it's that constant up and down of like different stuff, right? Like, Oh, my strength peaks, my cardio tanks. And then I'll like go on a running thing and like my cardio goes up and my strength stays pretty similar. But then like, you get an injury and you get this and like, it's just like constant fluctuations. Right. Yeah. 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 It, with all testing, um, there's a, a kind of an ego piece that tends to creep in. You know, we mm-hmm. just did testing at the, the fire hall and you know, one of the pieces there was a 4k bike. Yeah, yeah. And I remember during that bike, it was quite challenging, but oh, there's yeah. this ego component to it where you yeah. want to, you know, maybe give it 70% because you're like, Oh, I did this yesterday and that yesterday. Maybe I'll just do 70%. And, and and you begin to have anxiety around testing in general due to this ego component. What if I don't perform? You know, like, and it's, it's easier. I think in the open because it's different challenges. Like there's still, I think it's a pattern and it's like testing your general fitness and does a good job of capturing that. But like, 4k bikes a 4k bike like yeah there's you, if you're bad for it then like yeah either you didn't try you're injured or you're just worse yeah. right like yeah yeah totally you know and it's tough yeah. it's yeah. tough to like i remember going into that i was nervous and thinking yeah. like hey, <laughs> what if this person does better than you? yeah <laughs> you're at a fire hall so <laughs> yeah, you know it's, that, it's gonna be that, that competition oh yeah for sure people right. just annihilated themselves and like i pushed pretty hard through that yeah. and it was like man that sucked yeah it is it's it's funny at the fire hall because you have these annual physicals right and they are confidential mm-hmm. but they don't stay confidential because <laughs> it's a fire hall yeah. and people tell each other what they did what you get what you get how, how many pull-ups did you do yeah <laughs> you know? yeah exactly so it, it it always turns into a competition which is fun it kind yeah. of pushes you but it's i don't know yeah. sometimes good sometimes bad yes there, <laughs> right? there's there's it's double-edged sword Competition in general, I think, is a very good thing. I think it, it's probably something that pushes people forward more than anything else. Yeah. But it can hold you back if you stop doing things because you're too competitive and you're too scared mm. to be vulnerable yeah, through yeah. competition. Yeah. It's the being scared to be vulnerable that holds people back. I think. Yeah, being scared to lose, right? And yeah. just like, nope, I'm not competing, I'm not doing this. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, know, and I, I know I battle with that with stuff as well. And it's like, you just got to. He's got to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's got to force yourself into it. Mm-hmm. Be uncomfortable. It's tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be okay being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, you're, what program are you doing right now? Marcus Philly. Marcus Philly. Yeah, so, that's yeah. the functional bodybuilding. Functional bodybuilding. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. you went, you kind of went full circle there. You went like hardcore CrossFit, like yeah. back in it, drinking the Kool Aid, just guzzling yeah. it. Totally. <laughs> and I, mean, I, I, saw, I was training for Wadapalooza. Yeah. Um, and we were, and I think there's kind of two CrossFit branches. There's CrossFit for your general health, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a good, you're probably doing a, a class wad every day. Mm. Um, you're taking rest days, you're monitoring your, your intensity levels and mm-hmm. you're viewing, you know, CrossFit as a methodology across time. And, and that is, you know, a, quite a healthy way to train, but then there's CrossFit for competition mm. where if all aspects of your life aren't dialed in, I think it's not healthy for your body. If you yeah. don't, you know, we're firefighters. We're not sleeping, you know, as we should be for training really hard. Um, the, you know, the, the, the mobility and uh, all, all the aspects that are conducive to being a high-level athlete need to be in place yeah. if you're going to train like a high-level athlete. Because if you start training that way without these support systems, mm. you're going to break something. Something's going to give. And it took me months to recover from that training and at the time i thought i was fine and then all of a sudden when it was over you realize you're not fine yeah you've just been pushing through these little nagging injuries right and it's just compounding that's where i kind of found marcus philly's programming because he went through the same sort of journey at a higher level Mm -hmm. right i mean he was a crossfit games athlete he'd been pushing for years um and then sort of branded the the funk you know the um, what do you call it Um, functional functional bodybuilding right and kind of taking both aspects, finding a hybrid and, uh, and he found a lot of success with it. Mm. And, you know, I, I wanted to give it a go. And I, I think that 
fitness has sort of been on this pendulum in the functional world. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a period of time when CrossFit came on the scene where the pendulum swung all the way to this kind of functional side. So you saw isolation movements, you know, fall away. Um, There was kind of an anti-bench press scene. All those classical Mm -hmm. uh, bodybuilding movements disappeared. And it was this, no, it's not functional. It's not functional. And I think you're seeing this pendulum swinging back where you're seeing the merit in isolation movements. You're seeing the merit in bodybuilding and actually Mm -hmm. focusing sometimes on hypertrophy. And I think there's going to be this sweet spot in the middle where people will settle into. I think that we're, that's where Marcus Phillies sort of targeting his program is finding that sweet spot. Yeah. And I think you, like the the classic examples, like the butterfly pull up or the kipping pull up, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's just, there's there's a reason for it mm-hmm. like you're keeping your intensity high mm-hmm. maybe you're working more muscle groups like mm-hmm. i think that and that was a push for crossfit for a while it was like mm-hmm. as many muscle groups as possible the compound movements like get the most bang for your buck out of it right yes but in doing that like in doing butterfly pull-ups keeping, yes. keeping pull-ups well now you're neglecting that muscle group like mm-hmm. all those muscles that you can isolate and yes. get a really good workout out of yes like, so it, it went too far, I think, exactly what you're saying, the pendulum swung too far of like, yeah. okay, yeah. we need to bring it back a bit and like yes. focus on those specific muscle groups and target exactly what we need to target and strengthen yeah. that, right? Because you're getting people with shoulder injuries and yes. this and that because it's like, oh, well, I haven't worked that. Like I haven't, yeah. when's the last time you've done like a shoulder press or an arm yeah. press or like nice yeah. control rather yeah. than like just push yeah. press, right? Yes, yes. It's, it's the... Yeah, you're seeing a lot of programs and a lot of people, and I think like Marcus Philly is a great example. And there's there's a bunch of others like um, Paragon is one. Um, Jen was showing me a bunch of others where these ex CrossFit athletes are like coming out of that and being like, "Okay, what good can I take from CrossFit, and what can I add in like the functional bodybuilding world, and how can I marry those together in the most effective program possible?" And you're seeing yeah. some cool stuff. A lot of people run before they can walk, mm. you know, and I, when I see, you know, at, at, at the CrossFit gym, it you know, kind of circles back to ego in a lot of ways, but people see someone doing a kipping pull up mm-hmm. in a specific, you know, targeted way that, you know, they're in a workout, they have the capacity for it. They're choosing to do it. Mm. And that's what they want to do, even though they're not there yet. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it probably does circle back to having a gym that is conducive of, you know, good coaches that can guide people yeah. in the right way. But it, it's, I think the coaches have to understand that pendulum as well. They yeah. have to understand the, the merit in building a good base and a foundation, yeah. um, uh, you know, to get you there. What I will say is that I think when you look at fitness, <laughs> you know, kind of from a, from a broad lens in terms of how fitness is conducive to lifespan and health span, mm-hmm. I think one of the most, or if not the most important factor is what keeps you coming back to training. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if, if it's bodybuilding, then that's the thing. If that, if that if people, if someone just loves it yeah. and that that's, what's going to keep them consistent across time, do that thing, mm-hmm. whatever that thing is for an individual, find what you enjoy and stick with it. I, group fitness, I think for, the broad population is something that holds people like accountable yep. to training because it's easy. You show up and you actually build relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to think, right? It's like, think, yeah. yeah, you're just doing it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Like the most the most effective program is the one that you're doing. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, yeah. oh, this program and this and this person doing this. And yeah. it's like, well, yeah. are you going to yeah. follow that? Like, are you going to do that? Yeah. And like, yeah. I'm the prime example of like program hopping around. Yeah. I find something I like and it's yeah. like, I've been doing the RP strength stuff for a bit now, and it's like and well, I enjoy the, this. That's the like, longest you've yeah, I know. And it's like I know, and like I've done another one. There's a brute strength one that's yeah. very similar, and it yeah. was like more bodybuilding ish, little bit of CrossFit, but like the strength stuff, and I enjoy that, right? And it's it's finding that balance, and I think there's you kind of also have to force yourself. Some people get stuck in their ways of just like constant like oh, I'm doing five by five, yeah. exact same exercise every single week, and like it's good. And like, if you're doing it, that's good, but you also get limited in growth. So I think yeah. you need to 
also experiment with like going outside that and doing yeah. different stuff like rock walking or yeah. little biking or jogging or like doing different sets. And yeah. it, it was this, I saw this clip the other day and it's like, I want to pick your brain on it is you should never be doing the same exercise more than once in a week. Mm. So like if you're doing back squat two, three times in a week, like you're just missing opportunity for growth. Like, mm. If you do back squat and then a couple of days later do front squat, mm-hmm. we're still targeting like the quad, but you're hitting different muscle groups when you're doing that, right? So yeah. it's better bang for your buck mm-hmm. rather than just hammering the same, same muscles over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And your body just adapts to that, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what, where you stand. No, I, I fully agree. Like life does not throw um, unidirectional things at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 you are, you look at, uh, I just went out on uh, a hunt, right? And you're mm. packing a deer out of the backcountry. Well, mm. the terrain is variable. You're dealing with different grades of slope. You're dealing with stepping up onto things at varying heights. You're moving your body in different ways. You've got weight that is uneven. And so that's real life. Mm-hmm. If you train the same motion, the same stimulus, it, it's not going to prepare you for um, real life. Mm-hmm. And so I agree with that fully. When you shift your load, you might be doing lunges and back squat paired with, you know, front squat during your week. All of those are going to create a well-rounded system. Mm. Um, with that being said, I think you can also skew too far where you're too variable, yeah. right? And, and I, Agreed. you know, and I, when, when you look at that pendulum again, uh, you look at the progressive overload system. Mm. compared to kind of a a complete variable system and i see the argument for both and i've seen people progress in both Mm -hmm. right i mean i've seen run-of-the-mill people um, that are just you know your average mom dad showing up to a crossfit gym putting up tremendous numbers Mm. from just showing up and doing their class wads not doing a progressive overload i've also seen people follow a progressive overload where you might not be doing back squat three times a week, but you're doing back squat once a week. Mm-hmm. And every week you're making forward progress on those numbers. You're tracking what you did last week and you're adding to it the following week. Yeah. I've seen people progress in both of those systems. Um, but it probably circles back to, are you showing up? Mm-hmm. And then what is your intensity level when you're in the gym? And that's yeah. probably another factor that it does matter. Like you can show up to the gym and you know go through the motions that's better than not going to the gym yeah but will you make progress without that intensity piece yeah it's it's funny because i I have a like a friend and my buddy tells me about him i I haven't seen him in a while but he goes to the gym and he's just like playing games on his phone in between sets and it's Mm -hmm. like are you really focused on what you're doing like are you are you bringing a hundred percent of your effort into your exercise that you're doing or are you just showing up to show up right like so you can show up but you also got to put that work in, right? Yeah. You got to yeah. give it some intensity. I like the concept of not having your phone in the gym. It's a, it's a good concept. It it's is. a distractor. Oh, absolutely. Right? It's like whether you like put all your screen time limiters on so you can just look at your program and that's yeah. it. But like, I know I don't know about you, but I catch myself sometimes of like scrolling and you're just like, yeah. what am I doing? Like, you're in the gym. <laughs> yeah. Why am I scrolling <laughs> I on this rest for a minute? And now I'm like, it's five minutes later. I'm watching yeah. Theo Vaughn videos and yeah. just like, and, you, and you, have mm-hmm. you ever had those workouts where you're like, I'm going to be in and out of the gym in like 40 minutes. And it, and it, it is genuinely like a 40 minutes yeah. workout, 40 minutes of work. And it takes you two hours. Yeah. And you almost hate yourself afterward. Oh, you're you're like, like, what did I just do? You're like, Why? I wasted so much time. Yeah. And it's just, oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. frustrating. Yeah. I'm on, a, I'm on a, a fat, like a social media fast right now for like, I've been on it for a couple of days and, I have to do it every now and then because I catch myself like I'll, I'll be just on Instagram, just doom scrolling or yeah. TikTok or yeah. whatever, and just yeah. just like scrolling through families around and just like, yeah. what am I doing? Like, why am I wasting my time with this right now? Do you it's find when a, you do those fast, does it reset you? It does. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you, I find it connects me better, and like um, I'll be. I'm going to try because I want to set up videos for this and other stuff of like just having it on a separate phone and just doing it like in the evening, like mm-hmm. set a dedicated mm-hmm. time. Like it's okay to be on social media and see what's going on. Like it's a, 
it's a way to connect with the world, see new stuff. Like I love the training. It's like we get fire fireground training, you get cool workout stuff, and you just get like entertainment, right? So I think if you can dedicate that specific time just to that, then it's fine. But to like constantly just be like, oh, I got a break here. I'm walking up the stairs. Like I need dopamine hit. Like what's going on here? What's going totally. on here? You just rely on it. And oh, it just becomes yeah. so habitual that you're just like, oh, what's going on here? What's going on here? Yeah. And like, yeah. I find by deleting that, like off my phone, it, it does that whole reset. And like eventually I'll add it back on and I'll probably mm-hmm. go through the same cycle again. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But I don't want to. And I think by not having it on my main phone and having it on like an, say an iPad or mm-hmm. an old phone upstairs, mm-hmm. like at night you can say, oh, from 7 to 7.30, like mm-hmm. it's free time, kids are in bed. Like before I watch TV with the wife, I'm just going to scroll a mm-hmm. bit and mm-hmm. then be done. Put it away and then it's done. Yeah. Right? It's like breaking the cycle of needing to fill every spare second with your attention being captured. Yeah. You know, you might have a 20 second lull in what you're doing mm-hmm. and that urge to reach into your pocket to fill 20 seconds. Like why? Like yeah. you don't need to, yeah. what are you going to do? You're going to open Instagram. You're going to get like four scrolls in. Yeah. Then whatever you're doing, you're going to go back to, and you're going to close it and put it back in your pocket. That's insane. When you actually think about what did you accomplish? Like that's yeah. crazy. You could have had an organic thought about anything in the world that would have been more valuable than what you just did. Yeah. And I find too, I'm bad at like, Ooh, look at these shoes. Like I love shoes. And I'd be like, Ooh, I need that. And it's like, I need this. And it's just, it's that whole marketing piece of like, now I got to go buy shit. Cause I just yeah. scroll out here. Like, God. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the world is wanting you. To, yeah, it's blasting. Especially like it's black yeah. Friday week. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. Ah, don't buy this. Don't buy that. And totally. It's, like, it's tough, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird when you see the advertising ramp up going towards Black Friday. Like I've been, there's websites that I don't know how they got my email. And my, oh, yeah. my inbox is like filled with 10 times the amount of emails I normally get from companies and I'm so I'm going through and I'm like unsubscribe unsubscribe yeah. unsubscribe constantly and they're just flooding in and it seems like even when you unsubscribe these dicks are still saying like I <laughs> swear it's like I've unsubscribed from this yeah and it's like again another hell one. Like, another one god it's yeah it's, it's so brutal. it sucks man I'm curious if this is gonna be like I don't even know where you find this data but like I'm curious how successful of a Black Friday this year is going to be mm. in compared to previous years you know like we're, we're sort of in yeah I, I wouldn't say the the most prosperous times as you know for for people yeah and so i'm curious if um if the advertising is going to be effective enough to still get people's yeah, money yeah. right or well, and you're like i think through covid like you just people were just like spending because they weren't going out doing other stuff so you yeah had this big so i think you had this big influx whereas last year i think you probably had took a hit and then it's just I don't know. Are people going to buy more because now they're saving up for Christmas or buying for Christmas? That's yeah. going to be a lot. Like it's so, I don't know, man. There's probably smart ways to do Black Friday. Like if you knew that in a year there's going to be some sort of, there's going to be things I need to buy. Yeah, yeah. So you just make a list and you're like, mm-hmm. these are all the things I'm going to buy, but I'm going to wait till Black Friday and I'll just buy them all on Black Friday. Yeah. I'll save for them during the year, but I'll get them all 50% off on Black Friday or whatever it is. Yeah. Like that's a smart way to do it. The yeah. impulse buying when well, you don't need something. I, know. I end up sending half the shit back. So yeah. That's why I love Amazon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Send it back. Um, yeah. So you've been into hunting lately. You talk about yeah. rocking through the woods and doing yeah. that shit. Um, tell me how that's been. What's that, what's that been like? Oh, so you just started last year, right? Last year, the first year. Yeah. Has that just been like a drinking yeah. through a fire hose? Oh, 100%. Like it's, if you didn't have, you know, a, a father that took you out hunting. Yeah. Um, really difficult to get into it. You need mentors. Luckily, yeah. we got a couple guys at the hall that are, are super into it, and they've they've been really awesome at taking me under their wing and and just sharing their knowledge. And I, yeah. I borderline think it's a responsibility as a hunter mm. to mentor future people that want to hunt. Yeah. It is such there's such a barrier to entry to get into it. And if you've been doing it for ten years, help someone out that wants to get in. If they, if, if someone genuinely wants to learn and they want to get into it you got to pay it forward someone did that yeah. for you you got to do it for the next person right yeah. it's kind of an ethos i think within the community that that needs to stay um but it's been it's been fun going into kind of year two 
Um, I still have not shot anything myself. <laughs> okay, so you had an oppor- I, you had an opportunity to shoot something. Take me take me through that. Well, so I, we're out with uh, with her buddy there uh, from the hall, and um, we, we get set up on our spot. We're kind of we're up on a hill. We're overlooking a, a clearing, um, and I'm on kind of one side, and he's on the other side. We're probably about twenty feet apart, um, kind of crouched in the trees there, and. You know, once in a while, I would kind of creep over to his side and we'd have a bit of a conversation. And he told me, he said, bring your gun with you. Mm. You know, always have your rifle ready to go because, you know, this could happen quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. (laughs) So I'm over there and all of a sudden, you know, we're chatting. Of course, my gun's back, you know, it's 20 feet across. And we just hear this kind of thud behind us. And we hear a big sniff and all of a sudden two white tails just blast in from behind us. And I'm like scrambling. I run over to my gun, my rifle, and I pick it up and I raise it. And I'm like trying to find the trigger. And I realized I've still got my mitts on. <laughs> like, I'm like, I, I'm like, oh man, are you serious right now? So I'm like freaking out. I pull my mitt off, get the gun back up. And it's too late. He's already taken the shot. One's dropped. The other one got away. And I'm just looking like a clown. So yeah and it was important lessons it was a it was a okay aha i see what you mean it it can happen quick um yeah because you were just picturing you were picturing like bambi just like strolling through like just eating some nice leaves looking straight at you like big buck hunter style and i picture just edge of the woods oh there he is you know just slowly (laughs) you have time no it was not like that at all this whole process took place in like six seconds from the yeah. time we saw the deer to the time the shot happened to the time the other one was gone like yeah so quick um yeah so that was that was our first hunt <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a good experience packing out that deer yeah. afterward we so we, we were about two kilometers we, we were down a cut line uh and then we went down an atv trail yeah um we dropped the deer and then what we did is we decided to drag the deer out to uh to the the forerunner mm-hmm. and way harder than i thought it was going to be so what do you you use to drag it out paracord okay so we basically we we uh, field dressed it um so you know you pull the innards all the guts and everything um had you you done that before or was that that was my first time and it was i'm I'm glad matt was there i'd watch a bunch of youtube videos it was weird yeah like you're inside an animal that was just living it's hot like the inside is really warm you can feel the heat coming off of your hands are inside it you can feel the heat um the muscles are twitching. the The nerves are still twitching. It's odd. It's a very odd feeling. Even the first time you walk up to the animal after it's uh, you just shot it, and it, it, and the animal's beautiful. You yeah. feel the fur. It's thick. Uh, they're very impressive animals, mm-hmm. and you you do feel this sadness for the animal. Um, but you're also you're so just enthralled with the experience and the mm-hmm. journey, right? You, you, you're sad that the animal's dead, but you know that you're going to eat meat anyways, right? Yeah. I, I'm eating meat all the time. And you can be disconnected from that process. Yeah. Or you can understand that, hey, you know what? I am going to put the work in to eat this animal. And yeah. you, you're part of that journey. I think it's, it's, it's a more holistic way to consume life right life consumes life and this yep. is kind of being part of that that whole cascade um of events that happens from you know the the, the death of an animal to when it ends up on your plate yeah. um the effort that it took to get that out of there was part of that journey right? and i think like kind of leading what you to what you're saying is if you have that empathy and like you have that gratitude towards that animal like that's perfect right like mm-hmm. that's that's what you need mm-hmm. you you're grateful for it you're thankful you're going to consume it like the best most proper way that you can whereas Mm -hmm. if someone's just out there just shooting stuff just to shoot trophy hunting whatever and just dragging it back and not like not taking the time and effort to do it properly i think it's a disservice to it and like um it's disrespectful to the animal in a way like i I agree i follow this youtuber out there um young bloods and they do spear fishing and same thing even it's a fish and they're just Mm -hmm. like so grateful for it very selective with what they do. And I think you need to be um, grateful and empathetic to that animal and that creature um, or else you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be hunting and you shouldn't be like taking its life. Agreed. Yeah. 
and, and and the the um even the training that requires to be like you know a good shot whether mm. it's with a spear you know so you're practicing um whether it's if you're a bow hunter your your target training mm. rifle same thing that is part and parcel of being a an ethical hunter yep. is knowing that when you shoot an animal that it's the bullets going where you want it to go so it's yeah. a, it's a clean death that's it's all part of it it's mm. all part of the journey of it so yeah i agree nice yeah <laughs> you lost a kid while you were out there <laughs> we did we did it it was awesome it was a funny story so um yeah so so basically <laughs> we're about we're you know maybe two and a half hours from calgary yeah and uh we stopped at the last gas station it's it's uh, kind of outside sundry area in there and uh you know we use the washroom there and then we drive about another 50 minutes or so yeah and uh we're down a cut line and this cut line, like, you know, Matt's got a pretty nice SUV. It's, it's got lifted up and he's got uh, good suspension, good ground clearance. So we're able to, uh, to make it quite far down this cut line. We get to a, a part where we're kind of going on a, on a riverbed there and it's looking a little sketch. So yeah. I said, you know what? Hold up here. Let me get out. And I'll make sure that you can continue to make it. He says, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, uh, he's like, I'm just going to pee while you're doing that. And he gets out, he pees and, I go and I look at the riverbed and I think, yeah, you know what? You can make this mat. Like we're, we're good here. So we get back in and we, we take off and we, we get, you know, over the riverbed up the other side and we continue down this cut line. You know, we're going for another you know, few hundred meters and get to kind of the end point. We're like, I think this is as far as we can mm-hmm. safely go uh, without getting our, uh, our SUV stuck. So we stop and, uh, Matt's got a son with him, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he uh, gets out, and he's a, he's a quiet little guy too. He's he's yeah. a quiet guy, right? Yeah. yeah. This this guy, his son's pretty quiet. So he uh, he opens up the back of the Forerunner, and he goes, "Where's my son?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" Like I'm in the back here. Uh, I was getting my my gun set up, and he goes, "Did we leave him at the gas station?" <laughs> This is an hour ago. And I'm like, did we? Like, did he, did he get out? And we just didn't realize, <laughs> just so right? Panic. The panic that went over his face. It was, it it's was like, hilarious. So then all of a sudden, we just hear from the the darkness, right? We just hear, "Dad, you left me." <laughs> and we turn around, and we when we had got out to cross that riverbed, his son was like, "I gotta pee," and he got out and he peed, and we just took off. And so his son thought it was a, a joke. Yeah. We just kept driving. And luckily, we couldn't go any further because yeah. we would have probably made it another, you know, kilometer. And then you probably would have driven back to Sundry and be like, yeah. And that, that's what we talked about. <laughs> probably driven to the gas station, right? Like, totally. So, uh, yeah, his his kiddo was a real trooper. And it was in good spirits. <laughs> and we, we found him. It was, it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. We had, we were crying laughing when it happened it's just oh man oh that's amazing good story it was a good story that's awesome yeah yeah (laughs) but uh yeah so that was hunt number one get an animal that was very hard very uh you know when they say dead weight yeah you know when you're dragging how how much do you think weighed i'd say the deer was probably about 80 200 pounds you know yeah in total maybe maybe a little more Maybe maybe between 100 and 115 pounds, maybe. Yeah. It was a doe. Yeah. It wasn't too big, but incredible how much yeah, it's that just felt like, when you're dragging it. Yeah, you, you have paracord, and you're just pulling it, but it, you're just you know, kind of hauling it behind your pack. And I, I do think kind of a – if I was going to hike something that far, especially over variable terrain, I think the best way is to put it in your pack, mm. quarter the animal, and put it in the pack as opposed to just dragging it. Um, the next hunt we did a few days ago – uh, we got uh, a mule uh, bull, but it was, you know, probably about two kilometers, maybe a little more, but it was on the top of a, a mountain, essentially, on a hillside yeah. with a lot more variable terrain. It wasn't like farmer fields, mm-hmm. sort of, or sundry. This was, you know, down by Head Smash and Buffalo Jump, and there's a lot of, you know, big, tall, rolling hills yeah. through forest. And again, we decided to drag this thing out. Um, I think pack, throw it in the pack is better. And that's where the. Um, the rucking comes into play and you were one of the first people that introduced me to rucking yeah um and you were hammering that for your cardio piece at the hall at the time you just you'd throw a pack on your back and get on the treadmill 
and uh, yeah, put on the elevation. Yeah. So you just incline on and just go get right after it. Yeah. yeah, just in a steady walk. Very effective. It's yeah, a, it's a good oh, way to train. Fantastic. It's, it's a good return on your investment for time. Yeah, it's not not so hard on your knees as like running and all your other stuff, and it's just it's good. Where did you get it's into easy. it? Where did you hear about it? Um, I just seen some like the CrossFit guys, so like Dave Castro and um, just. I forget where I actually got the treadmill portion. Cause I know they were going outside and doing it. Yeah. Um, and I think it was just one of those kind of bodybuilding ish things of like, that's what they did for cardio was normally just incline treadmill. Yeah. But when you throw the weight vest on, it just adds another little element of it and like that resistance and it's more yeah. effective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's, there was, um, go rock, the company go rock. I know yeah. they, they've started to push that a lot lately and that's mm-hmm. coming. Um, Michael Chernow, do you know who that is? For the name, so he owns Creatures of Habit. Uh, or oh yeah, the he's the, uh, the, pro, the overnight oats. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's been hammering that a lot lately as well, I believe. Um, just weight vest stuff, and yeah, yeah it's. I'd like it's to awesome. experiment, like you know, at the hall we have our, our weight vest we throw on you. Yeah, yeah what just is 20, 20, pounds, 20 pounds right? weight vest. Yeah, I'd like to experiment with some heavier rocks mm. where you do a rock with seventy pounds, eighty pounds. You know, yeah, that yeah. that would be a fun method to throw in once in a while yeah you know but you need to have a pack that can i i got i mean i can use my hunting pack with the meat shelf but you know you can get packs yeah. that actually i think jocko has it jocko will link he has a we can it's a plate loaded backpack oh yeah yeah i see those are pretty cool I, yeah i've seen that as well i think josh bridges has something similar and like it's the i think rogue makes one i'm sure there's other ones as well but it's you can throw 45 on the back of it and just yeah. start walking you look like a weirdo because you like, <laughs> you're walking down the street with a totally blue plate on your back but it's like all right who cares whatever like, yeah yeah so I, yeah uh, <laughs> you gotta you gotta like, shed the looking like a weirdo thing <laughs> just send it right like, like who cares it's like <laughs> have you ever seen I, i've seen it before and i i think i've done it like pushing a sled down the street oh it's yeah it's like the cars think like yeah what does that guy do yeah <laughs> what, what, a, what a weirdo <laughs> I first moved to my house in uh, in Citadel here in Calgary, and uh, we uh, I have a hundred and fifty pound D ball, and I had a buddy that was uh, he flew over from Ontario, mm. and uh, we were like, yeah, we're getting a workout in the morning, and we said, well, why don't we just take this hundred and fifty pound sandbag, yeah. and let's just walk it around our whole loop, like you know, it's like an eight hundred meter yeah. kind of loop that we're in a, a big circle. And we said, yeah, let's go. So we just basically, I'd carry it as far as I could. I'd drop it. He'd pick it up and he'd carry it. And the looks that we were getting from people in my <laughs> neighborhood, neighbors, like we were psychos. <laughs> just absolute guys? lunatics. <laughs> these don't understand. Yeah. They don't understand yeah. the gains. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah, normalized awesome. fitness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Are you doing BJJ anymore? It's been a while. It's been, uh, when, when I was training for that Wadapalooza, was when I took a hiatus from BJJ just to focus. It was too much. I was, I was literally burning the Kendall both ends training for Wadapalooza. And uh, and that was just the qual. I didn't make it to Wadapalooza. Yeah, yeah. Qual- training for it, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, just to make that very clear. Uh, but that with jiu-jitsu was too much. So mm-hmm. I, I put jiu-jitsu on hold and I haven't been back. It's something that I know I will return to someday. Yeah. It, uh, and again, it... it it's just it's it's a tough thing to take a break from yeah and it's better just not take a break you should just not <laughs> well <laughs> like, it, i've been experienced so i started a couple months ago and yeah. I, I experienced it um like family was sick two weeks ago so i took a week off because i'm like i'm not getting everybody at the whole gym sick like i'm just not totally and then like i also tweaked my elbow so i was like oh, i'll keep my elbow rest and then like one week turns into two weeks turns into like yeah it's like it was like two and a half weeks and i take my daughter for her class there because she started going as well and the instructor's like or the professor's like where where you been i'm like yeah well you know i'm just you like throwing these excuses around and stuff and it's just like just come just even yeah. if you're not feeling 100 just come and i think that's like yeah been the the biggest like mentality shift of it all is like it's okay to go and not give 100 yeah. percent as long as you're retaining information and you're learning and you're yeah. like you're you're taking something in right and that's been the toughest shift is like putting the ego on hold and like i don't need to just go there and 
yeah like, dominate like try to yeah. dominate and get dominated right like yeah. it's, it's cool just to go and just roll and like figure shit out right? when you see the different belts all that is is the people just kept showing up yeah it's not like they walked in and were these super talented people like they just were ordinary people that kept showing up yeah and I, and that was like that's what i've learned is like because i'm just white belt nothing like no stripes or anything and like it's like well i can take on a, a blue belt like i've, I've yeah. submitted blue belt they've submitted me like and it's even a purple like yeah and it's like well it's not necessarily like you're i don't know like you're better like sure you submitted them but they they know more they have the bigger knowledge base and i think that's what yeah. it is like the yes. belts represent almost if i'm yes. wrong is like it's that knowledge base and um what you know and how you can like the belt doesn't make you invincible yeah it's, it's like hey you got a blue belt or whatever you got a few stripes in your belt you're just a human being yeah but you've been there longer you've 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 played the game longer yeah you have more options more doors are open to you in any position that you're in when yeah. you're a white belt you're in a tunnel there's yeah. there's no doors open this is the best. you don't even you don't even know what you you're, you're going down a tunnel with a blindfold on so you, you, there's there's nothing available Hitting to the you. Wall that yeah, you just yeah. bouncing through that tunnel. <laughs> then you get one stripe, and all of a sudden now your blindfold comes off, but you're still in the tunnel. Yeah. And then slowly you get out of the tunnel, and there's a whole bunch of roadways and exits and things you can you can yeah. navigate for. And, and the higher, the longer you go, the higher the belts, the more pathways are yeah. available to you at any given. Well, and it was like so the last one I was there I, I think it's every everybody probably does this it's like okay, okay where do I go from here like I, I'm on side mound or whatever um like what's my next step like how do I submit and it's just like they just always chuckle and smile and the professor's like it, it, I did the same thing everybody will always do the same thing coming in but like that's not what it's about is um position over submission right so it's about like and it's again that learning piece of like okay, put yourself in the right position and like focus on the technique and focus on like managing that side control and that side mount and like just like staying there and getting in the right spot and not giving up an arm or giving whatever. And like, that's the important part. And that's like, that's been the shift of like, I get stuck there and I'm like, okay, what next? Yeah. Where, where, where am I going? Right. And it's, and he's, yeah. he's trying to, he sees the long game Yeah, yeah. and he's like, don't worry. Like focus on just th that position. Yeah. And you're like, but but I want more. What do we have? I want more. <laughs> I what want do I do more. from here? So right eventually, now. like we learned, like the um, Americana and like the I think straight arm and like yeah, Kimura, and it's like okay, those are great tools, but like the step four is the most important of managing that control because yeah. as soon as you go for that arm, if you have shitty control, like they're just gonna roll you or you just yeah. like something's gonna happen, yeah. and it's been like the light bulb. It's like oh, yeah. well, shit, hey. Yeah. How have you found? taking up something new again right like something yeah. brand new something that you're you you know nothing about yeah, you didn't know anything about no because i've never i've never done any combat sport any anything yeah. at all so that was like i've always wanted to and it's been it's been fun like i'm a i'm an athletic person like a competitive person by nature and like through the years i think that competitiveness has gone down and it's just like whether it's getting old or just not wanting to like be in that mindset right whether it's growing up and like the kids and whatever and that's not the priority anymore but it's fun being able to go in and compete yeah. like it that that competition yes. aspect of you and another person like yeah it's yeah it, it's fun right like it's, it's hard it, to take the competitive nature out of people that oh, were yeah. competitive and you, you know? and you get caught up in it and you have to like because I'll just be like breathing heavy. <laughs> it's so funny because I'll go with that the owner of the gym. Her name's um, her. His sister owns like a different portion of it, but she yeah. she has jujitsu as well. And so she'll be in there, and she's like, breathe, breathe, yeah. and she's like, <sighs> just like calming down and not just like getting so tense and so tight it's like i'm bear hugging them yeah. it's like well that's fantastic you're pushing yeah. their weight into yourself yeah. and it making it harder for yourself to breathe and it's like it's funny it's like so fun. when you when you've been trained jiu-jitsu long enough the scariest people to roll with are actually brand new people to the gym oh, yeah. because they're terrified yeah and, and they just, don't know what they're doing they're not using technique they're no. spazzing just so frantic so frantic you're, you're almost like when i'm rolling yeah. with someone brand new I'm in like, I'm going to self 
you know, preserve my joints here. I'm not yeah. going to let myself be vulnerable yeah, to like something you that you do not just give snap an arm, arm or something. Or like, you yeah. just, I'm staying very in control yeah. and you know, it's uh, protecting yourself. And then <laughs> yeah. there's some people that will just straight up refuse to roll with people that they don't trust. Yeah. And I get that. I fully do. This yeah. is a, this is a sport in which you're dealing with joint manipulation yeah. and all it takes is one spaz or, and sometimes accidents happen. Yeah, but yeah. You're dealing with, snapped arms you're dealing with shoulders and blown knees you're dealing with things that if you were to mess it up it would affect your job you'd have to take time off work you'd have to get surgery you have to go through rehab i mean major joint injuries are it's a setback in life that is um it's frustrating when it happens for people because yeah. it takes time. It's not like, you know, the be all end all you can get over a, a joint injury and still get back to peak performance, mm. but it's time. It's going to suck for that period of time when you're going through it. Yeah. And it's like, and you see that. And that's, I think the part I'm leery of and still leery of, um, cause I've tweaked stuff and whatever else. And like my body's pretty beat up from years of volleyball. Like my joints are just hammered. And like my wife's like, why are you doing this? Like, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, I, it's something new and it's a challenge and I, I enjoy it. Right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a tough battle to kind of go through that of like, how far am I willing to push my body and like, what am I going to do? And I think I've come to the point where I'm going to start going in with a more relaxed attitude and like not pushing as hard. And they've even said like, Oh, you can mm-hmm. sit out the end rolling. Like, and that's yeah. the toughest part. I'll come home and my forearms will just be exploded from yeah. just like gripping and grabbing yeah. and rolling at the end. And I think yeah. it's just like, being okay with being submitted and like you learn more from just like rolling and kind of like if I give 80% and I get submitted and I get some submissions in or whatever and like get that rather than being like 100% effort and a constant like locked in shitty position like what are we learning in that you know like what am am I learning other than just like blowing up my body but that's that's the longevity attitude yeah and that's that longevity piece that we talked about earlier is like you could you could go you know, flat out balls to the wall and then yeah. stop after two months. Or you could come in with that more relaxed attitude yeah. to learn, to drop the ego, yeah. to keep yourself safe. And then all of a sudden you've continued to show up for an entire year. Yeah. You know, and then, Oh wow. Look, there's my blue belt. Right. Yeah. Right. Or I get injured after two months and I don't come back and I never yeah, get I my blue belt. Like, yeah. I know. So you're, you're battling it. Jiu-jitsu is so fun. Yeah. And like when you're wrestling with someone else, yeah. it is fun. Fun. and especially because yeah. there's a bunch of guys at the hall that you're all training with yeah. <laughs> when so, you're wrestling with those guys it's it's a good time it's so funny it's like even being able to flip somebody is like the funnest feeling like they're on top and like they give up a little too much body position you're just like yeah here we go and there's yeah. like no and it's like yeah, yeah. It's, yeah so, totally. it's so fun and it, like, yeah. Yeah. it was so funny hearing matt talk about you just squishing him for an hour. <laughs> it's just like, like he's heavy. <laughs> for reference, like I probably have like 60, 70 pounds on him at least. Oh yeah. So it's just being able like, and that's been like the learning, like the body weight and just using that. And it's just, it's, it's funny. Let's hear in the little, like, yeah, like when you're the, pressing the on stuff and, and just grunts. like, you're not like, bra- <laughs> like pressing the brakes on it, but you're pushing the air out. And it's oh, just yeah. like, it's fun. Yeah. And that's been, yeah. That's yeah. Been so, so you're contrasting how fun that is with the fact that if you keep doing this, injuries are going to happen. It's inevitable. It's built into the sport, but it's so fun, but you're going to get injured. So your, your, your mind constantly goes back and forth and the people that stick with it, they get to the point where they know that injuries are just a part of it and they're okay with it. They, they love it so much that they're like, yeah, you know what? The, the injuries I'm going to deal with is worth it. Mm -hmm. What I'm gaining on this side, through the the physical attributes and the mental attributes of having discipline, of showing up, of the self-confidence of knowing that you can protect yourself in situations, being calm in conflict. When you're in a situation where people, where things are getting heated, when you're out, you never have to stress that you, mm. you know, can't defend yourself. And that peace of mind that is gained through that, I think those people that that stacks higher than the risk of injury in terms of their their weighing it out right yeah. and i think a big like big reason why i push myself to do it and keep going is um partially because like i push my daughter into it and she she loves it like she really enjoys it and she's only been doing it for like three four months and um like i'm really proud of her for that she, she her nature is not that to like 
be aggressive and be so I've even had to like even like take down I'm like okay you gotta practice on me because it looks like you're going in just like giving a gentle hug to somebody and and that's fine it's like but you gotta like get your weight in get some intensity and it's like that's taught right and it's like I think for me to be able to help her and teach her and like be able to have input on it I have to know what I'm talking about as well like I can't just force her to do jujitsu and me not do it like I don't think that's fair yeah you know yeah, what I mean? I like, like it's, I want to be able to know what I'm talking about and help her through it. Mm-hmm. So that I, when if I see stuff, it's like, Oh, like should have done this here, or this here, or try to try doing this. And like, I don't, I don't want to be everybody at the coach and like the main like source, but I want to be able to there support and help. Right. And I think that's, that's yeah. important. Right. Yeah. yeah. There, there's, I, I love seeing families to change jujitsu together. It's mm-hmm. super cool. And there's a few families at my gym that they're, they, uh, Matt, it, it's so, like the, the kids will go in the kids class or the teens class and then eventually they get old enough they can go in the adult class and all of a sudden you get you know sons training with dads and you know with moms and it's sometimes you get the entire family all on the mats like mom dad kids yeah. all in the same class it's yeah. so cool. It cool and then they travel and just kind of like crossfit gyms there's jiu-jitsu gyms everywhere yeah. you know so you travel to hawaii or wherever and there's CrossFit gyms. You can pop in. You can get a class in. You're, yeah. you're getting exercise on vacation yeah. with new instructors and new people, and they're welcoming you in. Oh, are you from? Oh, from mm-hmm. Calgary. Got so and so dropping in from Calgary. It's 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 really cool. That aspect of it is is yeah, awesome. That family so, aspect of like come in, like it's a, the community, yeah. right? Yeah. But I, I but I do love what you're saying about being that role model yeah. for your daughter because I think for kids. Martial arts is invaluable. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I was thrown in martial arts when I was five. And the self-confidence that mm-hmm. your kids will learn from martial arts, I think, is, uh, is pretty tremendous. And even seeing her in the short time she's been in there, you, you see that little bit of resilience um, creep up. Um, like we went to one gym and we ended up switching to another one just because smaller class sizes and whatever. There was still great professors at both, but... Like the professor, the first one was great because she would stuff would happen where like, oh, my shoulder, I bumped my knee or like my ankle or whatever. And at first she would run to me, and the professor was like, no, 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 come, like come to me. And so I'd like I'd send her over there, and he'd, yeah. he'd talk her through with her and be like, are you okay? Like, yeah. what hurts? Like, yeah. just like working through that, and you end up seeing that resilience after a while of like they're not running over as much, and they're they're okay, and they want to fight a little more, and like they're they're just growth right it's like growth and it's really cool to see yeah. and like, i think you see that a little bit in other sports but more so in this because it's it's such a i don't know it's like a close contact and um it's such a physical thing right mm-hmm. i don't know if you've you experienced that as well definitely like when, when i've worked with kids over the years in martial arts uh you know as an instructor um you're seeing children go through these mental hurdles Mm. and it's when you get to see a kid gain the confidence from overcoming that hurdle it's cool because you see them come back the next time that hurdle comes and they're handling it better Mm -hmm. and you don't realize that if you just send your kids out into life without challenges right they might grow up and then all of a sudden they're a teenager when they feel face adversity and that's the first time they face that adversity and they don't have the tools in the toolbox to handle that. Um, so when you talk about your daughter learning to, you know, uh, not just run to you, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the instructor's there and giving her the tools to work through it, mm-hmm. you know, take a breath, you know, how are you feeling? All these things. That's part of that journey for her. And she's going to look back on it when she's a teenager and have all these skills and she may not realize that they've you've you've been adding she's been adding those tools since she was a young yeah. kid and now yeah. all of a sudden she's here equipped with them yeah and i think like for our job as firefighters you you, you we have these big toolboxes of like in this situation i'm going to do this or this cuz i have I've experienced these little things right like we've been doing it for a while now and you see like okay this situation yeah. control this exposure pull this out, whatever it is right and like that's life though. Like that's you, you're pulling that, those pieces for life as well. And exactly what you're saying of like, now she can hopefully do that. And like you hear stuff for at school of like, Oh, this person did this or this, do this. And like you talk it through and it's like, well, could you have done this? 
where do you work through this? And it's like yeah. giving them those yeah. tools and the little things. And yeah, 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 absolutely. It's managing the mind. Yeah. Right. You're, you're managing uh, emotions, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're, you're winning, you're losing. Sometimes you're managing pain. You're physically hurt, mm-hmm. right? And you, you're having, like, you know, a young kid is having the sensation of pain in their body and they're having to learn that it's just a feeling and observe the feeling what does it feel like is it dissipating right breathe through it yeah. and then you have fear right you know i remember um even myself when i was training martial arts you know we used to the, the instructors used to make us jump over bamboo and we'd have to dive over it and land and do a somersault a shoulder roll over yeah. a bamboo and you'd have the instructor that would put the bamboo at a height that made you uncomfortable and you didn't want to jump over it and they'd hold it there and they'd say, do it, right? And you didn't know that they were going to lower it a little bit if you yeah. were going to make it, but you'd have to mentally work yourself through the process of being scared yeah. and committing to doing it. Yeah. And that process is, again, it, it's another another aspect to that. All these things are just, yeah, yeah. like you said, more, more tools. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I it's can't cool. say enough good things about it. I, I think that you're doing the right thing by having yeah. Margot in, uh, <laughs> in, in martial arts. Yeah. She's, she's doing well. We've been, uh, it's been an hour. That, that flies hour. by, man. That's yeah. crazy. That, that's actually nuts. Yeah. It's been good. Hope you enjoyed. <laughs>